In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus goes to Caesarea Philippi. He goes up there to this region, and as I was praying with the Gospel, and one of the things they taught us in the seminary is that if you notice something strange in the Gospel, look it up, research it. It occurred to me that I had no idea where Caesarea Philippi was, or what it is. Any of you know where it is, or what it is? I didn't know either. So I looked it up, and it turns out it's 20 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. I've been to the Holy Land, I've been to Galilee, but I didn't make this travel up 20 miles north. The disciples, Jesus would have taken them on a kind of walking road trip. So he would have walked a couple days' journey on a little pilgrimage 20 miles north. When he got there, this place was actually a place of pagan worship. It was a beautiful nature preserve. There's waterfalls, and it's built on the side of this huge rock, on the side of the stone. And right in the middle of the stone is a cave, and there's a little opening in the cave. And then inside the cave, there's a well that springs up. So this well is coming forth, and they believed then they were worshiping the pagan gods. That well was the entrance to the netherworld. That through that well, they could communicate with the gods of the netherworld. Sometimes they would sacrifice animals, and if blood went down, they believed that the gods of Hades were accepting their sacrifice. And if the blood came out through the river, they weren't. This is where Jesus took them. Seems kind of strange, doesn't it? So he took them to this place of pagan worship. And there were all these gods carved into the niches of the stone. And the main god that they worshipped there was the god of Pan. Now, it's interesting because the God of Pan is right in the midst of this beautiful place. Listen to what the God of Pan is. He is the Greek God of pastures, flocks, and shepherds. Sound familiar to anybody? Usually represented, and now, this is where it gets a little strange, usually represented as having legs, horns, and ears of a goat. And Pan is often depicted as playing the panpipe. So that's where we get Peter Pan from. It was also the god of the worship of nature. And it was seen as all gods were equal. So pantheism, which is where the word pan comes from, means all and everything. So pan is all and everything, and theism is God. So everything can be worshipped as God is what pantheism means. So... This is where Jesus takes them, 20 miles north. They go on a three days journey, and he's in the midst of all these pagan gods, especially this one God who's the God of shepherding and fields and nature and wilderness. And he says to Peter, in the midst of all this, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the only son of God. So he gives Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And this is where it goes back to. Remember that spring coming up? He says, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the gates of the netherworld that spring up shall not be prevail against it. So Jesus did this right in the midst of the pagan worship and idolatry. Why am I saying all of this? I think what blew me away is what is different than pantheism or any other world religion. I took a world religion class in college when I went away to, to school, and some of your kids might be there right now, and it rocked my boat because I heard all these crazy stories about world religions, and I thought, well, which one of these is true? 
Well, Jesus is the only one that actually existed. None of these pagan gods existed. Nobody believed that they really existed in time and space, that they were actually human beings. But Jesus was and is real. Not only was he real, but he is the Son of God. He is God on earth. I think it's so relevant for us today because we're in a culture and a society that is becoming more and more agnostic or pantheistic. So again, pantheism means all or everything is okay. All gods are equal. Sounds kind of familiar. Jesus is just one among many. We live in a pantheistic culture. The Burning Man is going on right now. And has anyone ever seen where they have a huge Burning Man in the desert in Nevada? Nevada? They're worshiping. It's pretty cool looking, but they're basically worshiping. It's pantheism. So how does this impact us? There's actually a school in Texas right now. I'll put it out on my blog if you want to see it. But they're trying to be inclusive. So they want to welcome students of all faiths and generation. And that's what Catholic means. That's what we do. But they've removed all the Catholic statues. They've taken all their Catholic statues out of the school and they've removed all of Catholicism from their religious education. Now, their religious education is just teaching the children about all the different religions. One of the nuns who runs the school actually said, we're doing this so that students can find their own way and figure out who God is for them, so they can find the truth within themselves who God is. Sounds like pantheism, doesn't it? We know who God is. Jesus is God. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And when Peter says this, now, sometimes Peter is an idiot in the Gospels, and he doesn't know, he doesn't always get it, but this time he gets it. And Jesus says, you are Peter. You are my rock. Remember, he's right there by this huge stone where they're all worshiping the pagan gods. And he says, you are my rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I know being inclusive is a huge term right now, and it's good to be inclusive, but Jesus was inclusive, not to the lack of his identity or who he was. He went right into the pagan territory. And we're called to do that as Catholics, to go into the pagan territory, but we're not called to lose our identity. It was in the midst of the pagan territory that Peter proclaimed that Jesus was Christ, the only Son of God. And I think it's so important for all of us to realize this. That's why the church has lasted 2,000 years, because of Peter's profession of faith and who Jesus really was and is. I just invite you to think about that. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he just one way among many ways? Or is he truly Christ, the Son of God, that we profess in our faith every Sunday at Mass?